got this thing in my head where I don't know where I got it from. Some book I read maybe, but it said if 10 consecutive or 11 consecutive people like your product, a million are like it if they saw it. Mm. Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley. I got a special treat today. We're going to discuss so many topics when it comes to uh, gears, heads, head helmets, <laughs> bike, uh, life. bike life, yeah, uh, motorcycle, motorcycle the whole culture. <laughs> and also I got my, my boy here, Harain, Mr. Smitty, a.k.a. The Voice, a.k.a. OSG member of OSG that's helping us out to have a discussion with my boy Kamichi about his whole life journey and building up to his brand, how he got focused, locked in, and he's creating something that's amazing for the community. And it's, it's been blowing up for quite some time now. So Thank please, you. please welcome my guy Kamichi. Thank you. Appreciate you having me here. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get into, uh, you know, what I call the bike life culture. Uh, yeah, so you know, I'm ready for uh, your questions or uh, however you want to roll it and in, roll into it. Uh, absolutely. So before we begin, I want to introduce, reintroduce my guy Smitty. Smitty, let them know a little something about you. Uh, Smitty, you know, uh, also known as Lansky to the crew. Yeah. So, yeah, very short and quick. Say less. Yeah, okay. <laughs> say less. <laughs> So, Kamichi, tell me, like, how did this idea come about that you started and you said, I want to go ahead and pursue this whole helmet thing? Like, how, well, what made you want to create a custom line helmet? Um, I ain't set out to do a helmet line. I set out to do a dope helmet for myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and it just, you know, it came out fire and I was like, uh, you know, I'm gonna make a couple more and, you know, it just caught a cult following kind of like that. But, um, the initial idea was actually, um, out of, uh, kind of like desperation, like not having no, you know, option that I didn't, I didn't have no nine to five aspirations. You know, I was a three time felon, you know, I had just came home. So it was like, for me, it was kind of like, a, a, I got to do something. Before this, I was like trying to learn how to vinyl wrap cars and, you know, customize, you know, vehicles and bikes. But um, there's a big learning curve to do that is, you know, it's like a lot of things. But um, it didn't, like I said, the helmets came like I was just trying to create. I was inspired by Don C., this designer from Chicago mm -hmm. who make these hats and um, in 2013, I'm fresh home from jail and I'm just like, yo, what do these hats say? Everybody when I want one of those. Mm -hmm. And then I seen the price tag was like $600, $700 for one. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, shit, like that's, man, that the things change. You right. know what I'm saying? But I like the style, you know what I'm saying? The snake skin on the, on the brim, it was just different. And it was, um, it inspired me. I'm like, man, a helmet would look fire like that. And nobody was doing that at the mm -hmm. time. So, you know, 
I started to, I, I would say I'm a late bloomer. I, I got creative with my hands later in life. Mm -hmm. So like 29 years old, you know, I was going to the city to the garment district, um, just shopping around different stores and stuff, getting different materials, tinkering with it. And then um, a friend of mine who was into designing sneakers, um, he's from, he's been designing sneakers since like back when, 50 first came out. Remember when people was wearing the, the Tims with the Gucci on it back in the right, day? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he started back then. And um, I asked Tim, like, you know, you know how to deal with fabric and cutting leather, snakeskin and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like, help me make this helmet. And he helped me. And that shit really just, like I said, that shit just took off. Um, fast forward, like, seven years later, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I done created a, I created my own competition. Like I said, there was nobody doing this before me. Mm -hmm. But um, after I, you know, came out with Bespoke Bike Life Helmets, five, I would say it took about five, six years before you started seeing, you know, lookalikes. Um, and at first I was, you know, I would be, I would get agitated like the fuck, they biting my shit, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if I could curse. I'm good. It's too late now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. Yeah, but I was like, um, you know, I would be tight. I would mm. be like, you know, confrontational sometimes. Like, I started this mouth, you know, yeah, you, yeah, can't, yeah. you can't, you can't. Come in and the, take myself. You can't have creative rights to something that's just putting material on um, helmets and, and stuff like that. You mm. know what I'm saying? But. I created a wave and now it's like two, three other brands doing, you know, doing what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not on my level, but I, I have to accept that and expect that. Like right. when you original, you know what I'm saying? Competition is healthy though. Yeah, it's healthy. And and thankfully, like the bike culture mm -hmm. is like, um, so let's just say if this was a fashion culture, like Don C, for example, right. it didn't take no time for companies to start doing snakeskin brim hats and selling them for a fraction of the price he was selling them for. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Like, that's just what happens. When Kanye said, yo, let's put leather on uh, sweat. So, matter of fact, I don't even think Kanye was the one who came up with it. But when the people who, you know, the in Noir camp that came up with the idea, leather joggers, like making that a thing in 2013, they, that shit took off. And then a bunch of other brands did it after that. Mm -hmm. And it's just a natural you know, uh, way it goes. Like, yeah. nothing, ain't nothing new under the sun. No, so, no. I had to respect it and accept it and, you know, get out of my feelings and just get in my bag. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I, I, I set myself apart from every brand from the very beginning because I expected that day to come. When I first started this and decided, like, like this is what I'm going to do. Right. Like, I'm going to put my all into this. All the money I made, all my friends would tell you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I make, if I, come up on twenty thousand dollars, I'm mm -hmm. dumping twenty thousand dollars into bespoke bike life. I would be walking a fashion district and, and just buying fabric for thirteen hundred dollars worth of fucking fabric that I'm not even like using. And it's mm -hmm. like uh you know, like I was telling my one of my partners, like, you know, um everybody is a, you know, creatives is not always like the businessman. You know what I'm saying? They're not. That's true. They're not always like in um, in this in the same space of 
running the, you know, mm-hmm. financial or the execution of mm-hmm. It's not that they can't project. do it. Not that they can't do it. Yeah. It's just that they be consumed. Com- yeah. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. And me being, you know, from what I come from in the past, like, you know, I was in the streets making money, like, at a young age, you mm-hmm. know, doing stuff that dudes your age was doing. And, and, and I think to come home and be and kind of start from scratch in a, in a space of, like, a struggling artist. Mm-hmm. That shit was just like real humbling for me. Like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it was a reality check that none of your street accolades matter here. You feel yeah, me? yeah. It's just, you know, you. That's so, a question. Um, earlier you mentioned bike life and you said it again later on. So for those who don't know, what is bike life? What is that about? So if you ask, um, that's a good question too. Um I, it's just like asking somebody what what, he, what is a gangster to you and everybody got that you ask Styles he got a definition you mm-hmm. ask this dude he got a different definition because you know should be per, you know perception and right. perspective but um, for me bike life is almost exactly how it sounds you know for me it's like you know uh everything encompassing the bike life culture, anything on a bike. So that's from BMX bikes all the way up to Harley Davidson's. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to make, like I named my brand Bespoke Bike Life. I didn't want to just name it something helmets because I knew it was a bigger picture. So I don't know who created the term bike life. Um, I don't know who coined it, but you know, it, the audience is humongous. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you go on social media and you type in a hashtag and you see the size of the audience, right? you know, you look at the metrics, like the culture of bikes is humongous from mountain bike rider, uh, BMX racers, BMX freestyle riders. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Um, motocross racers, you know, the whole uh, Travis Pastrana and people like of that um uh, category and things. Yeah. Uh, it just goes, it's just like like any culture, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So right. many subcultures to it. Can I ask you this? Um, were you in the bike life prior to going to jail or is it something that you came out and fell oh, in love yeah. with? I was, yeah, I was definitely in it like um, before it was coined, bike life. You okay. know what I'm saying? Kids in the streets on dirt bikes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was just, I'm, I'm a, a product of Rough Riders you know, 1999 DMX. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I'm I'm influenced by that era. Right, you know what I'm saying. And when I was a kid, it, when I was born, my uncle had a RM85 in a garage. Right. Um. So it was always a dirt bike around me in my life. You know what I'm saying. I've been riding since I was probably like 13, 12, something like that. Um. But there was no culture before. Um when I was into it. You know what I'm saying? It was just me, my man right. DJ Remarkable who had a bike, um, my man Brett, uh, and it was just, that was it. It was just us. Mm-hmm. So it was just kids on bikes. It wasn't like no real culture. It wasn't no getting together on Sundays and going riding different cities. And, you know, it wasn't no uh, uh, Instagram, of course. It wasn't, right. So it was really just kids just being being outside having fun for the most part. Right. Um, like I said, we was influenced by Rough Riders for the, you know, most of us. 
And uh, and then I grew out of it. You know, I got into the streets. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I like to I like I tell my kids, my my oldest son specifically, he's fourteen. I tell him like, you know, I was influenced by DMX and the Rough Riders with this bike stuff and dog stuff. Like, I really got into it, right? Mm-hmm. And then. As I got older, once I hit 15, I would say that's when I started to understand the street stuff he was talking about. And then I got into that and that mm-hmm. shit consumed me. And I got out of, once my bike broke, it was, I didn't, my dad wasn't around to be like, oh, I'll take it to the shop and get it fixed. That shit just sat in the back. And I just ran the streets with my friends who wasn't on bikes. Cause it was mm-hmm. only three of us that had bikes, mm-hmm. you feel me? Mm-hmm. So the rest of the, you know, we were the minority, you feel me? So everybody <laughs> else is on foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, gang banging this shit. So, you know, I left the bike alone and just got into the streets and took the same path. Yeah. You know, most kids taking uh, the but, inner city. Yeah. You know, what's um, what's interesting about it, Not you got locked up and did some time and you came out. Did During that time, did you, like, what did... What made that paradigm shift for you to say, I'm going to go into something else? I can't continue this um, lifestyle anymore. I have to find something else. What um, what gave you that drive and motivation? <clears throat> I mean, off top, I guess you could say, you know, probably was thinking about my kids. Maybe. I don't like this. I'm not going to say and be like, oh, it's my kids. You know, yeah. I had to do it for them. That's just like, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here. Right, right, you know, because yeah. I had kids before I went to jail. Mm. I was doing crime, you know, right. with my kid. You right, know what right. I'm saying? Like, so I want to say it was like a, a tired of the same pattern. Like, it wasn't like I was going to jail and getting doing 10 years and then coming home and doing eight years. I was going to jail for a year, come home for a summer, go back, do a year and a half, come home for another uh, seven months. And, right. and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was just the business getting long. Then yeah. the last, you know, one, four years. And it was like during that time, I could have, I was facing way more time. So it was like I was making a lot of money at a, at a young age. You mm. know what I'm saying? So I had a bigger aspirations, right, you know what I'm saying? Because, right. you, you know, I feel like your aspirations is, go as far as the, your, your brain could tangibly think it's it can reach. Like, right, right. So if you're only making $500 a week, you're not going to be thinking of big, dreamy stuff. Right, like, right, your, right. Your mind ain't going to really, you're thinking of survival. It, it doesn't have that exposure. Right, right. right. You're in survival mode. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't in survival mode. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of them dudes who got a hood story like I come from, you know, no back to the wall, you know, shit was out of, like, yeah. I needed to. My mom's was fucked up. Daddy was gone. Like, I, I'm I'm from Jamaica, Queens. Like, you know, I was my mom's was from Harlem, you know, she lived this the struggle life with five siblings in, in, in an apartment in Harlem. Not right, me. Right. Feel me. I grew up in a house in a, in a nice neighborhood. We right. made it bad. Like my my, you know, yeah. you know how I go. Um, That's interesting because like you 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 think that you're out of the environment because you know how they say the nah. environment pr- uh, plays a part in you becoming the product of your yeah. environment, right? But you were in a better environment and yeah. still found yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Active I mean, in the streets. wherever hip hop went, you know, the the, uh, co- the 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 culture of crime went. Like, and for black kids in the in the inner cities, it, as far as as that goes. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like you could have put a kid anywhere. Once he get attached to hip hop, he's gonna seek that lifestyle out. 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I I wasn't far removed from crime. Like my daddy was a uh, was a, a a drug dealer. His mm-hmm. brother was a drug dealer. Um, so it's in the genes. Yeah, like okay. that. Like I. Don't so you come saw from, it. That's yeah, basically. So, yeah, yeah, and it was like real steppers. So okay. it's like, you know, I got a I got a name like I like again. I'm not one of them dudes who just gonna say like, oh, I come up in the streets, you know, thugging and yeah. bugging. Like, right, nah, right. my family name was already set in stone. Right. You know, uh, 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 so it was like, I didn't have to go through a lot of shit. A lot of dudes go through. Like, as far as paying dues, I had a lot of fights and shit here, you know, as a kid, little shit yeah, like yeah. that. But, like, once I started getting into gangs and shit, it wasn't no more fighting. I was just jumping niggas. So, it was like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I didn't have to pay a lot of dues. I, yeah, I feel yeah. like I, like, got fast-tracked through the streets. Right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, and um, it, it allowed me to be more, like, creative, though like yeah, because yeah. from a young kid like not to glorify this at all but i was one of the only dudes in my neighborhood selling heroin mm-hmm. and in jamaica queens it's like only like in the south side that was a thing like you know this is a, a mostly crack area mm-hmm. like all of the dudes that we come up under is cocaine dealers right, from right. all jamaica queens dudes right. you got some dope dudes there here and there but i come from up under like like bricklayers like cocaine and shit like that so i was the dude who came home from generals like i'm gonna do something different right, i was right. always a creative dude in that sense like in hindsight you know back then i didn't know i was creative i didn't know i was just mm. doing what i thought i was supposed to be doing right but again i brought that up to say that i got i got fast tracked through the streets that shit wasn't really i was into bikes and bmx before the dirt bikes so i was like really like an outside kid just trying to enjoy the right, right and then you know when the influence came that's when Right. shit like you know got different um yeah. but but you made you you made this turn and now now do you have the same grind mindset um like like nah. from then okay no i nope i won't even say i do um sometimes i think i do um but again i i don't think that i don't think that just because you made a lot of money in the streets and was a hustler, you're a um, fiscally responsible. Okay. Or you might be an entrepreneur, but that don't mean you could be a successful one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was selling cocaine and weed. So it's like, you could just have bricks and they're going to go. You don't have to seek them out to you know find a bunch of... You don't have to have salesmanship skills to sell a brick. Because they need it. It's a, it's a you demand. just got to know a few dudes right, right. and then say, let them know what you got and they'll right. get it rid of it for you. Right. So it doesn't like hone your salesmanship skills, right. like it being on a block. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not from the era of standing on a corner with the with the big bubble coats all day and night, even though we yeah. did, you know, this, yeah. but we at the end, I was on the tail end of that era. Right, right. We from the cell phone era, right. sit in your car, wait for your mm-hmm. phone to ring. Right, Feel right. what I'm saying? Pull up and bust, and, and bust your lick. But um, a lot of the things that I, from my generation, didn't really hone the skills that most people think that being a drug dealer give you. So I don't think I'm like no apex uh, 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 trap nigga. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I was a creative thinking dude. I was the one of the first dudes from my generation, um, age bracket, in 2008, going to California and buying drugs and mailing mm-hmm. them back. 
Like that wasn't a thing for dudes my age back then. I was twenty two years old. Yeah, but you had you had the the family ties that probably right. Nah, I ain't get no plugs from my uncles okay. or nothing like that. No family ties. I get, I did everything on my own. Like I I seeked out all my relationships on my own. That was just you know that was just a bonus. Like mm-hmm. you know what I was tied to. But I honestly like my dad and my uncle and them. They ain't never like assist me in the streets. You know right, what I'm right. saying. Um, my dad got caught up with the drugs though, like after a while. So his story ended bad. So it kind of always told me, like I always had it in the back of my mind, like my uncle ended up, my uncle ended up doing a bunch of fed time and, um, my dad ended up hooked on drugs. Um, and that was from, since I was a, a, a boy, like, so he was off and on lit. Mm. So I watched the up and down roller coaster being a drug dealer, like from a young young age. From the highs to the lows. From the highs to the lows, yeah. yeah. So for me, it was just I'm doing what my friends is doing and I'm trying to be the best at it. It wasn't I was just trying to win Trapper the year four times in a row. Like mm. it wasn't nothing like no no real push for me to I didn't have to do it. I had all the opportunity to do everything else. You know, every neighborhood got a, a dude like me who had the opportunity to do a bunch of shit and chose the streets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I told my moms I want to play tennis, she'd have got me a tennis coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I would have told my moms I want to do, she'd have got. She bought me a $3,500 four wheeler when I act when I graduated junior high. Mm. So no, when I graduated, uh, uh, yeah, junior high. So you got to think of the psyche of a uh, house. You know how black women be supportive. Yeah. When they, especially when they got it. Yep. So like my mom was a CO from since I was a little boy since, mm-hmm. since 1996. So she always made a decent amount of money. So she supported me to do everything I wanted to do, and I chose to do the dumb shit that I did because of my influences. So, right, right, right. Yeah. So I don't. Again, I don't think nothing I was doing in the streets helped me be, except reading people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that's true. Except reading that's people. True. Like, yeah. I, I, I learned how to uh, read a room and read yeah. people and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And, you know, going to jail. and yeah. You doing... start to see certain patterns within behaviors. <clears throat> right. I know yeah. behaviors. Yeah. I know, I know yeah. I, I, my red flags will go up in certain mm-hmm. situations that right. the average person wouldn't. So I could say that the streets gave me some type of uh, uh, extra prowess, if you will. Like, But mostly, you know... Everything that I learned was after I came home and just in my mom's basement, tinkering mm, with shit, mm. watching YouTube. When I came home, YouTube University was a thing. People was learning mad shit on YouTube. So it was like, for me, I got this internet right here in my pocket. I got this YouTube shit and everything I want to learn is right there. Let me just learn how to. So I learned how to do as much as I could, like, you know, in the in the automotive world. Because, um, you know, most people, kids that grow up, on into bikes is gonna be into cars and stuff too. So like, right, I'm into right. anything motorsports. So I got into this shit and and just figured that I would like basically craft my way into another idea and then another idea and that's what really happened. You know what I'm saying? The helmets was the start and then a bunch of other situations, you know, and mm-hmm. within the spectrum of the bike life culture. Right, right. Um opened up for me you know what i'm saying um that's good yeah yeah listen go ahead so you went before you said that um you know some of the innovative and creative things that you did when you were hustling 
um, you didn't get any assistance from the family. Was no. that intentional? And if so, how did that transition into once you came back and you realized you need to do something different? Like, what were the skill sets you took from what you was doing before that led to you doing mm. what you're doing now? That's a good question. I'm curious. I would say this. I would say the skill sets. The first qu- the first part of the question is is um I didn't I would have took their help if I got it from them. Okay. It wasn't like on no I had ego just, stuff. Nah, like, yeah, okay. they just wasn't you know offering it to yeah, me. Yeah, I yeah. Was, if you dad, can I get work cheaper, please? Like, yeah. would've, <laughs> like <laughs> I would ask for. I would have took right. that. Like I get it from my pops. Like whatever. Yeah. But nah, it was just out of you know they and my moms wouldn't approve to him. Any one of my dad's friends that would have assisted me in the streets, my moms would have went crazy on them. Because, gotcha. you know, we, we in Laurelton, it's a tight, it's kind of a tight knit community for the most part, especially if you was in the streets. Everybody kind of knew each other mm-hmm. in that generation. So, no, nah, I didn't, uh, I didn't do it on no, uh, you know, ego trip or nothing. I just had to because it was no assistance. And plus, I, I got into gangs, you know what I'm saying? And, when you in a generation that got into the gang banging in New York, mm-hmm. turn, I turned blood, and it was like, I would say all of the drug dealers kind of like didn't want to. They kind of if you didn't turn blood, they would they would they were like, like yeah, show you, you yeah, love. show love, yeah, right. Like I got a pass again because of my family, but for the most part, once you turn blood, it was like ah oh, y'all on y'all on y'all get your own shit. We sell y'all shit. Like you don't get the same. Cause they not, they was kind of anti-blood, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All of that, that generation, like mm-hmm. I would say 50 cent age bracket and up, that generation was like anti-gang, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, um, and the skill set, the best skill set that I think I got is, excuse me, um, I would say learning how to seek out the right people in the in a situation like I had an uncanny ability to meet the plug. Like mm-hmm. it was just it was strange. Like my boy my boy Ox pointed this out to me. Um he was like, Yo, I don't know what it is, but everybody like that you, you know, run into always wanna point you in the right direction to the right per like it's always mm-hmm. you know, I mean mm-hmm. like like I said, I'm I was twenty one, twenty two years old. Right. You know, with with real plugs, like real Mexican cartel type plugs that dudes mm-hmm. today would pay money to get next to. Like mm-hmm. I had right. this situated when I was a young nigga. So yeah. I would say I just I don't know. I and I don't have that ability in, a, in my conscious mind, it's in my subconscious mind. So it's not something that I can- Aware of. Yeah, I'm not even aware of yeah, how, yeah, how yeah. I, you know, use mm-hmm. the ability. Yeah, yeah. It's mean, just like, um, it's just like communicating with someone, right? Some people are just like, damn, everybody just get along well with this person. They got a good, but right. they can't point out why. What it is yeah. about them. Right, yeah, yeah I'm so, like that. Yeah, so subconsciously, uh, if you're not aware of it, it, it sits. It's it's there mm-hmm. until something triggers it out. Right, and then you you find yourself doing it, but it, it, you're doing it automatically. It's not like something yeah. like you're conscious of. Exactly, so I get it. I, yeah, I was never conscious of it, and it even played in. You know, like I said, it always not 
not just in a uh, street realm, but like, yeah. you know, in business, it's like I always meet the, I, 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 like I go right around the middle guy and just get straight to the big guy. Not right. a no like aggressive businessman way or nothing like yeah, that, right. just some natural way I end up yeah. cool Vibing with, the with them, yeah. like that I need to be cool with or the girl that I need to be cool with. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Not all of the middle minutiae and all that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, um, I basically just, uh, I'm a one of them type of flow guys. I, you know, I don't force shit. I don't. Mm. I like what's liking me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't force nothing. Yeah. Like you know, what's for me is for me, and like shit is always gonna fall in line. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a positive like mindset like to have. Me. Yeah, yeah, I like that quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like what's yeah. liking me. Talk about the helmets, man. Let's let's get into the helmets. Right? <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so. Walk us walk us through start to finish creating your helmet. So, the helmets is something that I um, I started, like I said, with my hands, um, going to the garment district, buying different fabrics. Um, once I once I learned um, how to do it myself, and there was no like that's the one thing that wasn't on YouTube. Yeah, how to do this? Like I had to just you know keep trying different methods, different going through different. Um, Materials and what works and what doesn't right, right. work because everything don't fit around the helmet. The right helmet is so right. you so you so purchase I, a, a like blank a, helmet, a blank helmet. Okay, yeah, yeah. A blank helmet can, is my canvas. All right, um, and I just you know with a blade and and glue, I just make it do what it do. And that's it. With a blade and the glue, with blade and glue. Um, sometimes I use a sewing machine if necessary, and um, but yeah, that's it, and that's what uh. That's what it started out as. Yeah. Um, so the the first helmet that you designed is uh -huh. that the one that kind of started bringing attention, or the first one was? Nah, I would say the second one. So the first one that was made got that. Yeah, it got the attention in the streets with me actually wearing it. I went and bought a dirt bike to match the helmet and everything. Yeah. I bought a red Aprilia. RSV 450. Mm. I hated that fucking bike, but anyway, <laughs> it was a um, it was a move to you know kind of like you know make it look good. We in New York, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this is the place where you gotta make it look like yeah, something. Yeah. So, how did you know it was gonna become something? Like, how did you? When did you? Well, first of all, how did you brand it? And um, then, how did you know it was gonna become something? I, well, I knew it was gonna become something once I. I got the approval, like, like, so I got this thing in my head where I don't know where I got it from, some book I read maybe, but it said if 10 consecutive or 11 consecutive people like your product, a million are like it if they saw it. Mm. Mm. So, it's another quote, I'm going to take so that too. 11 people <laughs> I had showed this product um i think it was 11 or 10 whatever this damn quote you know pushed me to to do so i i, I went i got the approval from my friends it, it, it went way past that like i got no like nah bro i would do something else bro yeah. like you know let's stick with the cars like yeah. i didn't get that like yeah. i literally just got yo you mm. onto something, not just like yo, this is fire. Anyway, yo, how about the Knicks? Right, right, like, right. I got like yo, not only is this fire, but like yo, this is crazy. Like you did something. Like I always got that in the very, very, very beginning. Okay. So 
you know how that go. Once you get that type of feedback yeah. in anything you do, it don't care if you come out with your own alcohol or anything or right, clothes. Right, right. Like if a bunch of people's like, yo, this tastes amazing. Mm-hmm. Start a food truck. Yo, this tastes amazing. Start a food truck. Like you're going to do it. Yeah. So after that, I was like, oh, that's, this is it then. This is what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm shifting all my focus to this. And um, my mother, you know, she's supportive as hell. She let me... Uh, 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 turn the garage into like a, a, a my little shop. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. Um, she let me uh, grow my business up and, and, mm. and work. And I tell you, a lot of people helped me along the way. That in so many different ways. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I I'm not one of those type of again. I'm not one of them businessmen that just I did all the things right because I followed this. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Grant Cardone wave. You know what I'm saying? Some, <laughs> nah, I'm mm. doing this. Nah, I just, I've really been winging it. You know what I'm mm. saying? Just doing well, what I'm doing. That's honesty. Yeah. So um, I've been watching the culture as it grow. Everybody that buy a helmet from me, I follow them. Like, so almost all my followers are customers or friends or, or um, you know, people that I, or designers that I like to um, see on my timeline. I don't follow no baddies or none mm. of that nut shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just uh, try to keep it like, like every time I'm on my feet, I'm looking at my, um, my market. Like, because these are all the people that are like, I like to see what they into, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. So that's how you do product research. By yeah. Watching them. I watch it. Like I'm right. friends with a lot of my customers. Like, mm-hmm. like, and, and, and I mean like, I have a real relationship with a few of my customers. Like every, you know, some customers you 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 meet um through different channels. So mm-hmm. some of them through email they might deal with my lady. So some of them might go through um my DM. They gonna deal with me or my um my brother who handles yeah. that. So it's like um depending on what channel you go through depends depends on the, if you get to me or not. You right, know what right, I'm saying? right, 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 and. Some of these people I meet, you know, they 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 always start with the like, yo, I just love what you're doing, man. You're doing something so major, and yeah, yeah. you know, they let it be known, like, yeah. yo, what mm-hmm. you doing? Because I did some other major things in bike life, like um, like I attempted to create, not attempted, but I started to create this um, uh, battle um competition. Um, I rented out a racetrack in uh, upstate New York, mm-hmm. Lebanon Valley Raceway. Um, in 2015 and put this competition together which turned into that's a whole nother conversation we'll get to but um yeah um yeah so everything that i was uh learning to do was pretty pretty much from i mean everything that i was doing was pretty much motivated from all of the support i was getting from my customers mm-hmm. so like i would meet a lot of you know good people that would help me along the way and 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 they all know who they are i don't gotta like you know, shout I don't gotta shout everybody yeah. out. Like yeah. I genuinely am one of them dudes who are. Uh, I'm most of my sex or most of my success is responsible. Uh, uh, I have to say is from like support from everybody around me. Like it's right, not yeah. just my drive. It's not. I literally got a lot of a lot of love. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, uh, you'll never see me posting about like, you know, you don't get no support. Like I get crazy support. Yeah, like, man. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Like they, you know, and it, 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 and it's just, you know, I feel like it's, 
me just putting out the right energy, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, that's, since that's I important. decided to make that, you know, because it wasn't just like an overnight thing leaving the streets alone when I came home and started this. Like, yeah. like I'm not on my second year. I've been doing this for six years now, you know what I'm saying? Since mm -hmm. 2014. So, like, 15, 14, something like around there. So, it's like, for me, it's like, you got to really think about it. Like, I passed a lot of phases of that roller coaster, that, that emotional roller coaster business, yeah, that yeah. most businesses, right, but right. mine's is a lot longer. Like I'm supposed to be at, I'm supposed to be way up here, like compared to a lot of um, what a, a lot of people think. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I have uh, um, uh, the early parts of my business was I was caught up in a lot of street shit, so, so it, it hindered me. So that. That that leads me to a question I was about to ask. So now mm -hmm. you got six, seven years in the game doing this. To date, what's been the most difficult thing you had to deal with in terms of from when you started to staying on track and scaling up if that's you know <sighs> most difficult thing? Ah man. I really can't pinpoint what was the most difficult obstacle because once you get over it, it's like it, it, it a next obstacle. Yeah, 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 it shrinks yeah, yeah. like so it looks smaller than what it is when you was facing it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So some of the biggest obstacles I had was um, the first thing was bike life is not so bike life again is multiple cultures. Mm -hmm. Now the dirt bike street culture, yeah, that is a. That's the core. That's my core market because I'm one of them. I'm, right. I'm the dudes that like to willy in the streets and and run from police. Like I'm from that club. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I love all of the bikes. You know, cafe that's races, Harley's, yeah. sport bikes. I like it all. Right. But that's my core. That's yeah. Yeah. So the dirt bike street culture. When they when I came home, I started bespoke like a year and change later. So. A lot of people didn't know me. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, um, I was older than a lot of the people that was, you know, involved in it. And a lot of people didn't know me. I didn't, I kind of created it and just mm -hmm. kind of like came on the scene. I, mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and my marketing strategy was literally like, I'm going to reach out to dudes that I think is lit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And do shit with them. Like, mm -hmm. like. That's it. So I reached out to you know it's crazy. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I reached out to Leaky the Bike Star. And right. That was the first person um, I reached out to, and he's from Queens. Uh, he's one of the best dirt bike riders in the world. So it's like I'm like that's the best play for me right there. Right. Get get a helmet on him, and he can help me build my brand. And he's from Queens. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then I reached out to Hollywood Stunts. Um, he's one of the dopest dudes out of New York for real. Um, on he rides motorcycles. Right, mostly, but he rides everything. But he was mostly on the motorcycles. So, like, I looked at that as that of I want to bless him with a helmet because he could represent for the motorcycle riders. Right, Leaky is a dirt bike rider, um, and so on and so forth. So I seeked out the, the people that I thought was influential back in 2014, like all of the dudes that I thought I get. I sent helmets to dudes that I thought was dope. Like I'm a fan of you. I just want to put one of these lids on you, you know, you keep your $250. Like, this is just, and I don't even ask for a repost or nothing. Like, yeah. this is just me being genuine. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, 
Cause that's what fat these fashion brands will do. They'll yeah. come out with some shit t-shirts they sell them for three hundred dollars. They're gonna send them to the fly niggas first. Right. So it's like you gotta you gotta pay homage to the people that's really influential in your sector. Mm. So big. I did that. Um I got uh uh I would say I got a good first round, my first year two. You know, I did all of the things that I thought I was supposed to do. A lot of I did a lot of things I think I wasn't supposed to do, but you know, that's learning on the you know the learning curve. Right, so, right. Um, what I was gonna say earlier, yeah, not yeah. to cut you off, it's just that it's it sounds to me you still got the same mindset. Like, let me go to the big dogs. Like from earlier when you said, listen, I always had that mindset to go to right to the plug. Right. So it's the same mindset, like. Yeah, I'm gonna go right to the plug. If this is if this guy's lit right now, he's the plug, right? right. And it, and it happens organically. It's funny you mention that, right? Um, so, um, it's not always just getting to a you know, like I said, a, a illegal plug. It's just the right person, you know, the yeah. connect, the, the connection. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, and in 2000, and I want to say 17, I get a phone call from somebody or a DM. And he was like, uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but he was basically just inviting me to this this event that that we do every year. And when I say we, I say the bike life culture, um, MLK weekend in Miami. It's like everybody yeah. go down there. You, you mm-hmm. probably seen it on the mm-hmm. news or something. But um, he invited me. He's like, Yo, my um, my sponsor wants to uh, invite you down to Miami with us, and um, he really likes your helmets. He right. thinks what you're doing is dope. I'm like, I'm like, oh, word, good. He at the time he was dealing with a um an energy drink company that was pretty big and um growing and and I knew of him in in that aspect. I didn't know this person, you know, uh, and no other right, but I was appreciating the the invite. Right. So I didn't go down there with them, but I met. I went to they, um, his uh mansion he had in Miami. Right. And he was just like, yo, man, I love what you're doing. You can hang yeah. your banner up. He let me hang my banner up over the pool like uh, <laughs> like it was dope. my crib. Like he was like me casa su casa type right. shit. And I'm just like, yo, man, that's that's dope. Good looking. I appreciate it. Right. Like he was just a real cool dude. Cause he had a bunch of us bike life dudes, and this and this dude is older yeah. than us. Um he's like uh 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 in his mid forties. Okay. So So he he's just a, a person that loves the culture. No, so he's okay. a person that's a part of the bike life culture as far as motocross is concerned. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, he owned he at the time he owned a motor a motocross track in California, two of them. Mm-hmm. So um, he was already you know familiar with the 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 bike sports mm-hmm. side of it um, of the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he's a he just loved extreme sports. He was an ex skateboarder, you know uh, what I'm saying, ex snowboarder. Right, right, right. So yeah, this see. is. Like he extreme yeah. sports is right up his alley, right? Right. So right, right, right. And he right. don't come. And he didn't grow up with no silver spoon. So it's like he he he's comfortable in the trenches. So it's like he's coming around and and and, and to these events. These events is hood dudes. Like yeah. for the most part, it's a lot of hood dudes, and we get chased by police. Keep mm. this in mind. These events usually end with in Miami MLK weekend every year. From like I know it was a few years of people dying. Like crashing and dying on the highway, like mm. it just get wild. Like police chases get crazy, yeah, yeah. dudes get locked up, end up doing time down there. So it, it, it's a gauntlet. Like, right. and this dude is like I said, he owns tracks. Like this dude is 
worth a lot of money mm. and you out here mixing it up with us right you, right you right. know in these raggedy ass streets with these police right like, right, kind right. Of crazy for that and then he, yeah, <laughs> yeah like attracts like like you said before yeah so so now um yeah we met it on the strength of the helmets you know the helmets got you know um me noticed by him and again it was just a, a straight up invite like y'all like what you're doing come through he invited a lot of people there but um we ended up getting cool you know what i'm saying like um we ended up really like getting close um and once i told them about my event i had did bike battle league that i had did prior um two i had did it two years ago prior to that meeting him and he was like wow that's a dope idea like you know he had already understood the 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 sporting side of dirt bike racing so right. it's not hard to understand what this type of tournament could bring about you know what i'm saying it's it's not rocket science right so he got on board like you know right, right then and there like you know we just we started building a relationship and collaborating we did some jerseys together um we did a uh and then um we started work we was a planning on doing it at madison square garden um we was uh about to go you know scope out the, the the grounds and see if we could create a course that was big enough to support this event we was trying to do yeah. mm -hmm. um and then he had a death. His son died. His son uh, uh -huh. was murdered. So that parked him for a little minute. And I wasn't pressing it, you know. Yeah. So after that, he came back and was, uh, he was really enthused to, you know, get back into the movie business. His, uh, after his son passed and, you know, I had, I told, you know, I had told him I used to write stuff in jail. Like, you know, a lot of dudes in jail start writing books. That's one of the first things we do in jail. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Write a book. Yeah, so yeah, ain't got shit to do. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I wrote a book in jail. And right. I did, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, and he was like, yeah, you should write the movie for me. And I was like, yeah, I never wrote a movie, but I, you know, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. he was like, yeah, here, learn how to write one. So over the next few months, I started reading, like, how to write screenplays. Yeah. yeah. And dude really paid me to write this script. Yeah, yeah. Like gave That's me going up. rate and everything. Uh, yeah, I ain't yeah, never yeah. wrote nothing, published shit. And he gave me the going rate, paid me to do that, then produced it, you know what I'm saying? W with a hundred and something thousand dollar budget. Like, and he hired all of the bike life dudes, like a young dudes that never dealt with no movie yeah, shit in yeah, their life, yeah, a real yeah. set, you know what I'm saying? With uh, uh, real cameras, you That's know what I'm saying? Up, like, he really did that, you know what I'm saying? A bike life story, watch it on Amazon. Um, I'm gonna um, watch that now. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's funny, man, like it, how things happen. So, yeah, so this dude, after that, we, um, we just continued our relationship and working with each other in different ways. And then he decided to, um, he sold one of his tracks, um, and he bought another property. And I was talking to him about Bike Battle League and things, and we were discussing how many, you know, different ways we could execute this. And we tried it again within the span of um, from 2017 to like 2018, I mean, 2019. We tried it again, and then it was like some other people involved that had different ideas that wanted to do it the different things. It just didn't work out. And um, everything fell apart again. And then now his new, uh, I'm going to California in a couple of the day in a couple of days to do a ribbon cutting at the new track. Mm -hmm. The new track is going to have a street course, and the street course is going to support the bike life culture 
for these dirt for these kids that's riding these streets and oh, that's on the dirt saying, bikes. Yeah. Like we want to create not just a place for them to just come and ride freely, which they will be able to do that. But it, we also trying to create basically the sanction and body for yeah. who's the nicest. Like we, you know, is everybody Kawili, but right. who can really put their skills to the test in a in a in a specific you know obstacle course type situation. Yeah. So that, we that, we definitely so, that's um, so dope that you're yeah. looking for a sanction of body because the same thing with boxing, WBO, all of that. Exactly, yeah. you get it. You get it. Yeah, yeah. You get it. That and he's yeah. again, he's already dealt with this business mm. in the motocross side. He's already been sponsored by big companies, big right. energy drink companies, mm -hmm. big motorcycle brands. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Some of the best people in the sport, millionaire riders, racers, mm -hmm. race on his properties. Uh -huh. So it's like he's in the culture. So that's again circling back to me always meeting the people that the I club. need to meet. Yeah. Right. Like like my man is in the feds telling me right now, look, meet you did it again. Yeah. That's what he said, like not too long ago, like yeah. a year ago. He's yeah. like, Look, because yeah. I told him, like, yo, about this dude I met, I'm like, Yeah, we real cool. Like when I go to California, I go stay at his house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we work on scripts, we work on reality shows, we work on movies. We're working on another movie right now, and then we're working on the opening of his track. We're about to put the shovel in the ground. The permits just got signed. Oh. So we finally about mm -hmm. to build the track that's going to create the sport. So, yeah, cheers to that, man. Yeah, salute, yeah, man. Yeah. Salute. Salute. Mm, salute. Salute, fellas. Thank you. But um, again, and it's not. It's not like, uh, for me, it's not uh, for money or nothing. Like, I don't do things like, oh, this is going to make me the bag. Even yeah. though I, the, and the, the bigger picture is a big bag. Yeah. The along the way part is like, I'm creating a lane where, let's say my man Lorenzo want to be a, um, he want to be the graphic designer for the course or something like that or somebody needs to be a flagger at the track somebody mm. needs to be a, a you provide an opportunity right. this is creating so much yeah. job opportunity yeah. in the culture that we love yeah right. this is yeah. your hobby you get the you know what i'm saying so for the most part i feel like i'm um i'm on the right track you know what i'm saying um my i'm my relationship with my man jimmy his brand is free to peeps um and his brand is just representing like people that's caught up in this uh, prison in their mind. Like right, you know what right, I'm saying? It's right. not every. It's not just like people think free to peeps is the brand is just about like yo free your homies in jail, which you know freedom too. But it's also about freeing your mind from them chains that you know society put on it. Um, and he's like, it, it, he I, I call him a philanthropist. That's mm -hmm. what I call him. If you look up the definition of a philanthropist, he fit it. Like, you know, um, and he's enhanced my brand, mm -hmm. you know, he's helped me uh, 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 learn a lot about the motorsports business. And I'm excited about the future of this sport because in um, this culture, because it's a multi-billion dollar um, mm -hmm. culture, um, the helmet business alone. So when I got into the helmets, I looked it up and. Some of the top five helmet businesses, I'm not going to say their names, but they, ain't, they annual, they're grossing, you know, it's like a hundred something million. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like one of them is like 400 million. Like yeah. this is they're doing like sneaker company numbers. Right, right. You feel That's what I'm crazy. saying? That's this crazy. is because helmets are worldwide. They're yeah. not. They're sold everywhere and outside of America. Motorcycles be like the number one mode of transport. Right, right. So yeah. I, I'm working on a patent right now for helmet for a full face motorcycle helmet. I, I can't talk too much detail about because um, I'm in the um, patent prosecution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's still um, pending yeah. right um yeah. it's not even i won't even say it's starting to pen yet oh, but okay. uh yeah, yeah we uh yeah, yeah. yeah so right. but this is gonna revolutionize the helmet game as we know it like um it's gonna go from motorcycle helmets on down to the helmets you buy your kids for their first bike mm-hmm. this helmet um patent i'm working on is gonna be my i guess that's my out game to um because what I the big bag yeah that's the big yeah. yeah that's the big bag that's gonna create I don't know if what I I don't know exactly what I'll do with it but it was one of them things where you know I'll explain it to y'all when the cameras yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah but it's one of them things yeah. where like um I know that the interest is gonna create an opportunity for me to have to make a hard decision to either sell it or keep it in maintain it maintain it yeah and and that's the hard part i'm kind of on the fence about because it's like as a dude who's been running a business for you know six plus years Mm -hmm. you know i've been knocked around right i'm saying i mean everybody got scar tissues when you start a business yeah Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get knocked down a few times I i feel like i feel like me not having a a team like I'm, I'm i'm not not that i have I, I didn't have support like i told you yeah but it's not like having a team people doing key roles doing the thing that you need yeah so, like people yeah. will help why me is, why is that though um i i got a theory that i think it is you know like people that help you financially like yo what you need help forget like i have friends that give me hundred dollars just to go get you some material here meet you mm-hmm. go get, here's i could that's what i got for you and right. that's that helps but um really you need like the effort hand time like mm-hmm. you know and yeah. when you deal when your friends is you know all having um you know different things going on in their life mm-hmm. and it's like you can't offer them um, they don't see the same tangible dream you see. No, they never do. They never do. Yeah, and, they, and everybody, like I told my friend the other day, I said, um, if Jay-Z was born in 85 like me, and um, he was trying to start a Rockefeller Records today in, my, in this generation, mm-hmm. it, would, it would probably not happen because Dame Dash would be doing... Dame Dash Productions, this, that, and the third, this, that, and the third, and Rockefeller. Biggs would be doing all of these other businesses and Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. They were 100% Rockefeller at that time because yeah. you're yeah. not, they wasn't, this, you didn't, everybody didn't want to have that, that be a, the chief. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like people played their roles back then. You know what I'm saying? In this day and age, everybody kind of want to be a chief in their own way. Right, 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 so right. it's real hard to like, um, a lot of my friends is and is alpha males, so mm-hmm. it's like it's 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 not easy to get um a, a alpha males to to be like you know 
mm. they working for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. especially when it's like not enough money. Like, if you got big amounts of money to offer, that's different. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you, but you, 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 that, that you run into the problem of what's the incentive? Why they're doing it? Is it money or is it you know? That's true too. And the, and the thing is about, and we we talked about this before. Like, a lot of times, you know, we want we want to get paid for what we're doing, right? But you have to see the value in the company. If you see the value in the, and you see that the company can scale to, you know, some some serious heights, you you want to you want to calculate it. Do I want a piece of the company, like in some equity shares, or do I just want to get paid? Yeah, you could get paid right now, but then ultimately you remain at the paying stage. You could always get somebody else to employ for that position once you scale, right? Because once you got money, you can always be like, you know what. I can't replace this person. But if a person has equity and they believe in the dream and, the, and you give them a piece of that, the pie, they're like, hold on, this, I'm going to push this because I believe in it and I have some type of ownership. Mm-hmm. So it's how you present it at the end of the day. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, you're right. Like maybe I should have been offering ownership and shit. Back hey, you don't, you don't got to give a lot, my, but my, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, my thing is you always want to build and grow with your people. Right. Right? But at some point, I always say you have to move on and then they'll catch up. Yeah. Moving on doesn't mean I'm not messing with you no more. It just means I got to keep going and then when you're ready, my hand is always there to pull you up. Right. Now, he's right because here's the thing. The vision is yours. Right. Yeah. They don't see it yet. Right. Now you build traction they slowly start to see the vision. Yeah. And then they be like, they slowly see the vision and they're like, okay, all right, I see where you're going. Hold that thought. Right. Sorry, hold that thought. Can we bring it back a bit? Cause that, what, 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 was, what just happened? Oh, because no one is moving. The lights yeah. are on. They censored. Oh, so they no, censored. When you're at, you're going to see that, that, gonna that yeah, light so effect. So let's just bring it back a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's basically, yeah. I'm just going to re- mm-hmm. reiterate. <clears throat> the vision is yours, right? Mm-hmm. And they won't see it. They, It's not until you build some type of traction and they start to see it because it's, it wasn't meant for them. Right. It was your vision. It was meant right. for you. Now right. you you start to mold that vision. It's like clay, right? You start to mold it and then slowly they start to see how that right. clay's come together into a right. personality and a character. Then they go, Oh, I see it now. Right. Yeah, I think I'm at that stage now where, you know, they all see it and um, they see the moves. They mm-hmm. see the opportunity in a, in, in a bigger picture, which is a bigger bag. Yeah. Um, I think a few of them, if they smart, they do. If they don't, I mean, I'm not I'm not tripping. Yeah. Um, you know, but I just like, I've always been the type of dude that once I got the opportunity to make money, I've always I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. My some people say it's a bad thing, but I I've always been a dude to be like, man, I gotta bring my friends into this. Like I'm guilty of that. I'm yeah. like, yo, I don't know what it is. It's like a, it's, a, it's not a bad thing, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, just a, a, I, mean, I don't know what it is. It's like time. I don't I don't I always wanna like yeah. since the streets. Yeah. It's like yeah. you know, I've always done that and got shown I shouldn't do that. Friends outside of my neighborhood would be like, yo, you're doing too much. Like, you know. You don't have to do it like you don't have to do that and i always like 
And right now, like even with this, like, you know, um, I like I would like the idea of my friends getting some of the future bag with me mm-hmm. um, that that I know I'm, I'm going to get. But if they got to get there, you know, we meet at the top and clink glasses and, and that's all good. Yeah, that's it. That's all good. And that just is what it is. But yeah. I just always like the idea of breaking bread with my peoples. I don't go with the man. Oh, you can't make money with your friends and family. Yes, you yeah, can. Yeah, you can. My cousin can. is my manager. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was actually on a... Recently, I had... Um, Someone on the show, and we were talking about it. He said, "You know, I wanna, I wanna hang out with the people I played in the dirt with. Like, I wanna come up with them. I wanna be able to talk about, man, we went from eating Chinese wings to now we, we right. like some, you know, yeah. busting out some steak, filling yeah. yeah. restaurant, yeah. yeah. So you, you want that because you want to say, the, the question is, is it because we're doing it out of comfort?" Mm-hmm. Right? Are we comfortable with our peers, with our friends, so that we know, like we feel safe? Right. It's like a wolf, right? Exactly. A wolf, wolf's moving a pack. Right. Exactly. It's like we we going we going to eat, but let's let's right. do it in a pack. Right. Right. Exactly. So is it the fact that you know we we just want we feel comfortable because we we like moving in a pack? Yeah, and I you know I feel like you know again that that's part of my like. My street conditioning, you know, always wanting to, you know, be with the guys. Always, it's not, it's be not with always homies. that too. It's, it's also like, loyalty. Yeah, it's a loyalty yeah. to a to a code, though. I feel right. because right. it's like, um, you know, a lot of dudes that's not in my like. I got friends that's not in the streets, right? That uh, when they come into some situation, they're not calling nobody. Mm-hmm. They don't think the code. They just go in and get the money, and that's just right. be it. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll find out like, damn, bro, I didn't know you was um doing mortgages yeah, and doing yeah. this or whatever yeah. it may be. He might just be like, oh yeah, I've been doing that for two years. I didn't know you. You know, mm-hmm. that's what yeah, that's yeah. what I'm doing. So it's like you'd be like, oh okay, this is how they do it, and you know, like for lack of better words, the square round. Like this is how they do it. Like man, maybe I should have been doing it like that, but. That's just my soul, man. Yeah. I just like to spread the, you know, spread the, the love. Yeah, yeah, I like to spread the love. Somebody told me, yeah. you know, what I'm saying, before I get situated, I'm situating other people. I'm just right, one of them right, people. Right, but right. you know, but now, it comes back though. Yeah, it comes back, it and comes I think back. it came. I think it always showed itself. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'm. You know how many brands don't make it to to the point I made it to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I've never mm. done no official campaigns. You, I, I've never done. I've probably done two Instagram ads in the six years I've been active. I've never done no Black Friday, this. Maybe maybe, maybe I did one sale before. Like, a, I can't remember why, but I've just never got into none of that because right, I'm right, blessed right. to have a brand that has a cult following. And, I, and mm. it goes back to bike life. Yeah. Right? So same thing as hip-hop. Hip-hop is not just music. Hip-hop is an entire culture. Exactly. Right, right, right. So bike life is a culture. Right, so right. You know and you know. it's attached yeah. to hip-hop. Right. Bike life and hip-hop is like exactly. this. Yeah. Right. Same, so, thing, same thing, like you said, anything automotive related. Right, right. right. If sports car, if you luxury cars, if you're, you're any type of means to travel and be fly yes. with your people. Yes. That's the culture. That's, that's what hip hop. That's bike. That's hip hop. It all intertwines. Right. Yeah. So yeah, extreme sports and all of this, um, hip hop, all of this, 
is intertwined and I'm just from the era of people who watched um, sports be created right before my eyes. I watched BMX growth right before my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I watched, um, I'm from that era where X Games was a small little thing and then it grew to be, that shit is like the Olympics for extreme sports, right? It is. And, And going back to my boy Jimmy, He's an ex-skateboarder, and he's in his 40s, so he comes from the era of when skateboarders, I'll give you an example of how the skateboard culture and its progression is so similar to how this bike life culture is about to progress. Mm -hmm. So in the skateboard culture years ago, um, let's just say in like the um, late 80s, early 90s, right? You would be, they would be skating in empty swimming pools. Mm-hmm. They would be skating in building plazas, getting yeah. chased out by security, getting police called on them, shit like that, right? So they would be having fun, you know, but that that wasn't, uh, uh, that was just a hobby. That's not a, a, a culture that can grow into nothing, just skating in um, building plazas, right? right, right Even right. if you have a contest right. in a building plaza, that right. shit belongs to Wachovia Bank. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then somebody said in the 90s, I'm going to buy a fucking property and, and I'm going to create ramps and I'm going to just let them kids come and skate there. And then another person did it. And then mm. another person did it. And then somebody bought a warehouse and put it inside so you could do it year round. Yeah. Then, then, it had, then it went worldwide. And I don't know where it started at, right? right. But I'm, so, so then out of nowhere, somebody then said, we need to have competitions now. Let's Make have it a competitive, competition. Right. Making competitive, and then somebody created a, 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 a an event. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then it grew, and it created. It took Tony, the the you know dope yeah, Tony yeah, that Tony do the Hulk. that do the seven twenties right. from around the corner right. into Tony Hawk that we yep. know today. Right, and you needed the platform to create the Tony Hawk. Crazy. You right, couldn't create right, Tony Hawk right. in the neighborhood just wilding out in your right. people's right, swimming pools. Right, right. Right. He right. would have just been known locally. Yeah, you yeah. needed a platform you to create a platform. Tony Hawk, and they did, and they did. Mm-hmm. So now you got people today renting out racetracks and allowing uh, like bike life sports. Right? right, that's a brand that's from a, a bike life dude that rode dirt bikes in the streets, ran from police. You know, and this dude started renting out tracks just to let people ride and willy, yeah. right? Me, I rented the track out in 2015 so I could give dudes an uh, opportunity to uh, uh, compete at a high level. Mm. Like, and, 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 and I was doing it as a demo gotcha. to do that, to do what we plan on doing when I go cut this ribbon at this track in a few weeks, right. in, a, in a week. So now, um, yeah, circling back to, um, you know the the culture in itself being um like skateboarding it's we've reached that time where somebody is um building that indoor or the, or that skate park so that you don't have to get chased out the plaza and mm-hmm. get your board snapped in half you could come to this plaza yeah. right here so now this track that we open up is going again not only be a a, a place for people to ride and, and without getting chased and learn how to yeah, so it's like a safe haven right aside from it being a safe haven quarterly we will be having an event there and it's going to be a festival grounds because he's building the stage and everything on this Mm -hmm. 70 something 78 acres right right so it's an immense size property so it's going to have um 
you know, entertainment acts in the middle of this competition and all of that. Yeah, we yeah. really plan on. Basically, you guys are just laying the foundation for the generations to come. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? So my son, who's 14, and my other son, who's 11, by the time they're 20 and 25, and mm-hmm. there will be literally a, a sport now where if you're nice enough, you could just do that right, right. and just make money doing that. You know what I'm saying? That's what kids do in motocross right now. And you get nice enough, like uh, 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 this kid named Joshua Varese, right? Mm -hmm. He was trained by my my boy Jimmy, who owns these tracks, right? So he was trained since he was, um, I want to say six, seven years old. He's 19 now, right? His dad met them at a track, just randomly met Mm -hmm. them at a race. You know, at the races, how it goes, like, you'll bring your kid. That races all your kids and your RV and your bikes in the back and you'll sit there for a few days and, you know, race or mm-hmm. for a day or whatever. And he trained this kid from six to eighteen. And now this kid is slated to be one of the one of the best. You right. know what I'm saying? At eighteen, nineteen years old, he's already right. he's already getting, you know, big uh situations that that that's He's staring down a barrel of an excellent race career. So now this is the part of the business that I want to learn to be able to apply to my side of the culture. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Hey, man, this this, this has been great. Yeah, Yeah, man, this is dope. You shared a few gems in here, man, that I I really, I really, like, uh, took the heat. Yeah, it's literally creating, you know, when you think about what you're doing now, what you're about to do. Mm Mm-hmm. You think about esports gaming. This is something that's you know people are getting college scholarships for. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. Wow. And we dropping a game too. Yeah. Exactly. So what you're doing is you're actually you're creating a platform for generations to come, but you're also creating another avenue, and you're narrowing the opportunity gap. Yeah, uh, for for yeah. that culture, yeah, giving them well, an opportunity. You know who's in that culture. Yeah, yeah, because to, right? to close to to close out, I like I want people to know that this culture is, although it's rooted in the streets, is rooted in you know the inner cities and the ghettos. Um, we way bigger than that, you know. We we influence kids in suburbia. We influence kids in Japan. We influence kids in Australia. I sell helmets all over the world. Yeah. I've sent the helmet to almost every continent. So, like, we need to understand that in order for us to have that uh, that same effect that the skateboard culture had, yeah. and that's a multi-billion-dollar culture, Absolutely. right? In order for us to have that effect, we have to realize that we have to learn the business side of it first. Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm. just think that we just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump but in you're, you're still creating shit. that though. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. still creating that. And then I think along the way, when they start to materialize into more of like a, a global thing, mm-hmm. I think that's when it's really going to be keen. So you're you're laying, like you said, you're laying down the pillars yeah. right now, yes. the, the steps and the foundation. But I think when it really uh, materialize into something that's globally all across the world is really the time to say, I need to know my business. Right? Yeah. Because you don't want somebody else outside of the culture to come in and take over. 
Right. And that happens a lot when we create something mm-hmm. and then people from outside the culture come in and dominate it because they know they the business the aspect. They see the value in it. And we undervalue a lot what of stuff. Where That's funny you said that. I, I say this all the time. There's people in this culture that have done exactly what you said. Like, you know, because they know the business side of the culture, they come in, they usurp the the. Mm-hmm. The, yep. All of the goods from it, they get whatever benefits they can. Like if you type in bikelife.com right now, mm-hmm. it doesn't go to anything, uh, a bike life site. Sure, um, yeah. The person who site it goes to, who yeah. I'm not even going to say, I'm going to just let you yeah, go ahead. And yeah. that that person is, he has people that send bike life attached to his brand, but that's not a bike life brand. Wow. He just was the person who was thinking smart business and smart to, enough to yeah. grab that, grab that domain yeah. Yeah. and funnel it to his site. Yeah, but it doesn't true. necessarily mean that he has the best interest yeah, for the culture. He's just picking yeah. the good. And he's you know, probably just waiting it out too, because yeah, yeah. I mean, he's because prob- these domain now they go for like huge money. I got domains us. worth yeah. thousands of dollars. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. got domains that I just. From businesses that I didn't even move forward with that ended up being worth money. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But yeah, he just knew the business side. He saw the culture growing. He grabbed it. You know what I'm saying? And and that's it. And that's, you know, whether or not you could say that's uh, uh, nasty business practices or nothing. You it's you like can't, You can't be mad at him for doing it. You can't. Yeah. You know, we just didn't think of it first. It. We didn't think of it first. Yeah. My only, my only uh, negative thing I'll have to say about the move is that when you have the ability to help a growing culture like that, right? You should. You should, right. especially if you're attached to it. Yeah. yeah. So when you see a culture that's, uh, you know, I can see if your brand is like, you know, you don't have money or nothing like that. But if you got a brand, like a brand brand, yeah. you got some shit like that, then and you like deal with certain people in the culture, um, you shouldn't just have that site funnel, that funnel to your site. You should have it funneled to something that's more, um, conducive to growth. Right. That's going to have more of an impact. Exactly. Yeah. So, or help, just help the culture in whatever way, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In whatever way yeah. you deem your way, do it. But it's not always just picking that one person and then saying, oh, I help this person or something. Because some people right, right. do things like that. Like, oh, I help this guy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like a politician having a black person in a cabinet or some shit that they say, oh, I got yeah, my token right. black yeah. person. So, yeah. so yeah, you know, token black, token brown. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like, you know, when you got the power to help a, a culture that's going through the turmoil we're going through, y'all mm-hmm. see de Blasio crushing bikes with bulldozers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you got the mayor that's taking time out of his day and the taxpayers' money to crush bikes worth thousands of dollars, you could have auctioned them shits off and donated that money to some of all of these, all of these other exactly. situations you claim to care about that's right. underfunded, right? Right, right? You spent that money on crushing the bikes for showmanship, right? Right. So with things like that happening in the culture, with all these kids looking for outlets and different ways that we could... Um, turn this into that moment that the skateboarders have when you don't take your, you know, the, yeah. the effort to, you know, do nothing. I, that's my his, only Yeah, his base yeah, is yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what it was yeah. Let's 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 end it with that cuz you're right. It, whoever if you're a part of the culture, you should be helping the culture. And that's right. with anything across the board. Right. Yeah. And if you're a part of the culture, help the culture. Don't and especially if you own the domain. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. one thing I always 
dude, when you know, I'm talking to people that that they're looking to start their own brand, whatever. I'll say, make sure the mm-hmm. domain is available and mm-hmm. lock that in. Mm-hmm. The domain, yeah. get get everything, get everything, get everything. Get the domain, get the LLC, get the escrow, get it, get it, trademark, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pay for it because then you don't have to pay for it a lot more later on. Yes. Yeah, and you know we don't want that. Before we wrap, just. Take a take a few seconds. Tell the people where they can find you. Where they can find you know if they want to okay. get a custom helmet from from you. Well, simple bespokebikelife dot com. Um, you know, King of Crowns. I'm Meech. Uh, you could DM us, email us is better, way better than DM. Um, dopest helmets in the game. If What's you don't email? know, email us info at bespokebikelife dot com. Um, yeah, but check me out on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook like that. I don't, I, I could only focus on one platform at a time. I ain't but yeah, check me out on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I got some fire stuff up there, man. I've been out here for a long time. When you see the mother helmets without that star on it, you know, it's not me. Um, uh, yeah, but, uh, follow us there. Bespoke Bike Life. That's what's up, man. You want to end it off? No, I just want to say, um, Quick shout out to Stan. It starts now. The entire uh, crew behind it. Shout out to Meech Kamichi. Shout out to my OSG family. That's oh yeah, it. let me shout out my manager Sean for life. Um, yeah, he made a lot of plays for me. Uh, uh, my um, my boy Jimmy. Um, you know all of my um, supporters. Uh, y'all know who y'all are, man. But I had to shout out my, you know, my core. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. Salute, salute to the core. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Have a good night. Enjoy, everyone. Thank you. Peace. Peace.